Hello, I'm George Sainsbury, your host, and welcome to Dog in the Spotlight. Today, we're going to be joined again by Larry Cavello Phillips, who still has not found the ideal dog, but if she is always optimistic, she'll find it one day, one year, one decade's time. <laughs> <laughs> and we are also joined by friend and vet Trevor Gertlock, who will be giving in-depth insight into the health of the dog breed this week. And the dog breed we'll be looking at today is the Hungarian Vizsla. However, before then, as always, dog in the news. In this week's dog in the news, we are going to be talking about corona and how dogs can detect um, corona and COVID in humans. And Lori has done a bit of insight into this. Lori. So... I was doing a little bit of research and I found that um, from The Independent, there was an article about how they were um, training dogs in a British research study to detect coronavirus um, in the same way that um, medical, what's the correct term for um, these kind of dogs? Like sniffer dogs? Yeah, sense, like... Uh, yeah, it's not a scent detection. Okay, so they were trying to um, train dogs in the same way that they have done so with malaria and certain types of cancers to try and scent detect um, coronavirus. And they were saying that um, they're very hopeful, and the British government have given money for this research. But also, they were saying that co- coronavirus can pass on to dogs, although they won't be affected by the symptoms. What do you think about this? Yeah, I mean, I think that's that was the first thing I saw when I saw these dogs that were sniffing these little plates that were um, infected with coronavirus was that we just every week there's something new we find out about it. And so that was the whole question, right? Do these guys, mm. it doesn't seem like they showed the clinical signs of it, but if they can carry it, do they carry it to the point where they can spread it to humans? Mm. Um, oh, and that's a good point. It, it sounds like. Probably not. Like they're probably not good vectors for it, but um, that was the first thing I saw. And so um, it's obviously something they've considered, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. I just found the the term medical alert assistance dog. Is that a British? Yeah, it's ringing a bell. We'll say it's a British term, shall we? Is there a type of dog on there? Does it give a a specific type of dog that would, has a better sniffing or better? um... No, it hasn't given any specific breed. Is there one that you think? The only thing that comes to mind, I remember watching a few articles and it was a schnauzer that was sniffing out cancers. And I know, you know, is there one that has a... Yeah, that's really interesting. No, they haven't um, put that into the article at all. And is it just in training? Has there been any outcomes yes. of it? No, nothing as of yet. So, And so how are they going to use them once they have found out? Are they, is it going to be like how, you know, people have to take their temperatures before they go into a building? Are they having dogs to sniff out if you have corona? How are they going to use those dogs, does it say? Or is it I, too um, early days? Well, they're saying that they're going to use them, I guess, in some sort of, almost in the same way that you can drive by test for coronavirus okay it's like an airport line or something where this would be like high volume of people and because yeah otherwise i mean it's unrealistic to have these highly trained dogs at places of establishment you know what i mean exactly but they can screen as many as 250 people an hour wow so sniffing yeah so that is substantial if this is seen to be and they're training them at the moment they are yes oh that'd be interesting to see and see the outcome of that Thank you for that, Lori. Next, we'll be doing Dog in the Spotlight.
In this week's Dog in the Spotlight, we'll be looking at the Hungarian Vizsla. Now, you can see all the dogs we cover in each episode on my Instagram account at Dog in the Spotlight. So please follow. Now, we're going to look at, when I said to you, we're going to look at the Hungarian Vizsla. Now, our previous dogs we have done have not been the healthiest. Would you agree, Trevor? I would agree. And we wanted to make or make this podcast about a healthy breed. And I think we've done well. This is a renowned healthy breed. It's got a very, very long history. So before I go into the history, Hungarian Vizsla and Vizsla, some people say Vizsla, in the UK we say Vizsla. Um, Trevor, what's your first thought when I said we're doing the Hungarian Vizsla? Had you seen it? Have you heard about the breed? Yeah, I get really excited. I actually, with my ex, I had two of these dogs. So I had a male and a female for several years. So I really like this breed. Brilliant. And Lowry. Yes. Do you like that when you said Hungarian Vizsla, what were your first thoughts? I had no thoughts. I had no idea what it was. So you'd never heard As of... As per usual. Blank, As per blank usual. Blank space, yeah. Okay. Total blank space. So this is one of the oldest hunting breeds in the world. And it was quite an interesting history. It was bred by a tribe called the Magyar in the 800th century. And they would go round um, Western Europe, going to different villages and really sort of uh, pilfing them and pillage, sorry, pillaging them. And they used to go around on horseback and they needed a dog to keep up with them because it was a constant moving tribe. And the original sort of origins of this breed had to really keep up with the horses. So they're very, very athletic. As the years went on, obviously they adapted and changed by different breeding, but they still kept to the high energy, great stamina of a dog for hunting. And in the Hungarian and Austrian Empire, they were bred and kept by nobility. And that kept going on for many, many years. And the breeds that have sort of been incorporated into the Hungarian visual are the Vyrama and the German Pointer. And you can see that when you look at them, yeah. you can see their influence in there. But this dog, um, as I said, was very, the nobles would own this dog and they would go hunting with this dog. And it was very, very popular in the time. And then it gradually lost its popularity for many reasons. Firstly, when the Austrian and Hungarian Empire sort of dismantled and broke apart, obviously many noble people lost money, and so they reduced their popularity then. However, it really lost its popularity down to only a dozen individual dogs. Can you guess when? When do they usually happen? During a war. yeah. Yeah, after World War II. So what was happening is... Once the uh, the Russians came in to sort of liberate all these countries, they obviously took over the Hungarian side. And because they were owned by nobility and in communist Russia, that was a frowned upon, these dogs completely lost all popularity and were verging on extinction. So from one of the oldest, longest hunting breeds to nothing. So what happened was in 1950, um, they were sort of smuggled out of Aust- uh, of Hungary from the communist side and brought over to the United States where they started breeding, kept the breed going Um, because, and actually you would think in nobility in the day would have kept the breed going, but how funny how one thing, the nobility kept it going and because they were sort of associated with nobility, it lost its popularity. I feel like that's been the case with a few dogs you've spoken about in that they've become almost endangered dogs because of the humans with which they associate yeah and it's usually like a catastrophe for example world war one world war two um and in this case it was the sort of invaders the communists who broke its popularity down um it's 
So that's sort of like the history side. And it's become a far more popular breed. Like when I was younger, you didn't really see many Hungarian Vizslers. Um, and it's become since the sort of 1990s and onwards, they become a quite a popular breed. They're the 30, 31st of 195 popular breeds in the US. Really? That's very surprising. In what way? Do you think it'd be more or less? I, it's just not one that you hear about as much, you know? It's for, I do see them quite a lot in Chicago. Okay. Uh, yeah, I agree. I was at uh, a run last week and I saw, I think I saw three on a run. One was a puppy, oh, really? so. But you know, maybe the layman, such as my, myself, just yes. identifies them as German pointers. Yeah. Um, yeah, instead. yeah. Because they, they, I think they're very striking, but they also have a, a, a look of many other dogs. Okay. Yes. Um, so what when you were saying you or you and your ex had one, what made you buy them or did he have it them before? What was the yeah, situation? Yeah, they had them before. So I sort of came into that. And what did was there a reason why he chose that breed? Uh, I, I don't know. No, I no. actually don't know. I, I wanted to say when you were saying that they came over to um, the Americas, I was going to ask you where because I felt like there was uh, popular breeders up in the Northeast and that's where uh, he was from. Um, and so I don't know if it was just a, hmm. it was a neat kind of looking athletic breed they were also into horses so they are so that comes into us that's nicely going on to where should they be kept and where should you be looked after this is not an apartment dog not at all right. this is a dog that has to be exercised regularly obviously it's it's background is you know following tribes with horses so it's got to have that stamina it's got to have that exercise so this isn't this isn't really a city dog at all mm. they're saying you've got to have at least a good hour exercise a day just running them running them letting them run free um so that's really really important yeah i was gonna say we lived on a farm in ocala um and the first place we lived was uh, it was almost 200 acres and they had full reign of that and then we moved to a smaller farm that was maybe 20 or 30 acres where they also had free reign um, and the male in particular was non-stop go from morning till night and at night we would have to physically call them bring them in to where they wow. slept um, he was constantly going chasing barking at the trees with squirrels swimming in the pond swimming in the pool he was neurotic just okay. lots and lots of energy. Yeah. The female was a bit lazier, still more energetic than most dogs, but... Um, and I think with these energetic dogs, if you don't give them that energy to burn... If, sorry, if you don't give them time to burn off that energy, that's when they become destructive. They can also become emotionally a bit... They can be a bit snappier if you're, you've just been yeah, really Yeah, we'll careful. talk about that in the health sector. Yeah. Just briefly, yeah. That's true. So when we look at... So we've looked at how much exercise they need, and then we're going to look at their temperament. They are extremely loyal dogs. And I didn't realize this. I've, I've read a few articles and watched a few videos on this breed, and they always refer to as the Velcro dog. And the reason why they're oh. the Velcro dog, they love being next to their owners. So once they've done, oh. let off steam, they love being constantly close to their owners on your lap, etc. Did you find that when you yeah, had them? Absolutely. Yep, especially the female. Yeah, they're attached to you. Um, again, extremely loyal. They're quite intelligent dog by Stanley Corin, put them as the 30th most intelligent dog. Okay. Um, training, again, because they like their exercise. And they're quite strong wheel dogs in many ways. You've got to be on top of the training. And some, some articles I've read said they're not sort of the first time dog owner. You've got to have some sort of experience owning dogs and making sure you've got trained you've got to be patient with them but once you've got them trained like any dog they're ideal but it's just that perseverance with them mm. now if we look at their look they only come in one color which is called rusty a sandy sort of color um and the, i think they're very striking their look i think it's a mm. gorgeous color mm. um they yeah. look very lean agile looking dogs but i just i was reading an article again their eyes don't have any white. They're meant to blend in with their coat. I don't know why. And oh. so when you're doing the show ring, which dogs do go into show ring, 
that's one thing they look that you don't white in their eyes is not visible so does it look like it's just one large iris yeah so what they're saying is it completely blends into the fur because their eyes are sort of this rusty orbity sort of color oh i see yeah oh wow yeah so it's for and i think it's also a dog that for its appearance people like the appearance of it because it's that Mm. sleek lean um, very attractive looking yeah, dog. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, and you, I find them really striking when you see them in the park. I think as puppies, they are gorgeous with these limbs. Adorable. Ba- oh. the floppy velvet ears, yeah. Yeah, they wow. are absolutely adorable. Now, when I've looked at the breed, and so as a health breed, most articles I've read have said what such a healthy breed it is. And considering it's like a medium to large dog, their life expectancy is quite high for a medium to large dog at 12 to 14 years. Has your partner or ex-partner still got the dog's? That was a long time ago. Unfortunately, they would no longer be with oh, us. Okay, <laughs> okay. So, but, but they were all. I want to say that the the male was probably about twelve when he passed, um, and I'm not quite sure how old the female was. Okay, so but yeah. so yeah, yeah, they're, qu- they're well long, well, yeah. sorry, long longevity. Yeah. Um, so that brings us on to the health, and we're probably hoping this is going to be a short segment for Trevor Ooh. for a change. Yeah, yeah, actually, will be. Yeah. So, yeah. tell us about the health of the Hungarian Vizsla. Yeah, so um, I was saying originally that when I think of this breed, before I started kind of looking into it, I I, I tended to think that they actually did have quite substantial health issues. But then I was thinking more along the lines of it's because we work at a specialty hospital. So the ones that I see are sort of a selected population for dogs that are, you know, diagnosed with cancers and things like that. And so when we see an older Vishla, we tend to think, oh, gosh, what does it have that's bad or nefarious? Um, But digging through uh, the literature and stuff, they're actually a relatively healthy breed, as George has been saying. Um, And conveniently, in 2008, there was a Vishla Club of America. There is a Vishla Club of America. And they sent out a survey, and it was an international survey. Most of the respondents were from um, the states, but there was um, also international buy-in. And it was an online survey that was conducted by Vishla owners, sent out to Vishla owners. And it sort of just surveyed the owners for what health issues have you seen in the breed. And so there's some problems with studies like that, right? Mm -hmm. It's not a true scientific study. You're asking owners, A, to participate. And so people that have had dogs with disease are probably more likely to to yeah. respond to surveys about disease yeah. than healthy yeah. ones. Um, and then also some of the questions, um, they ask for very specific diagnoses. And if you are non, a non-medical professional, mm-hmm. you may not know the name of the exact disease. You may just know that it had skin disease, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's some, some problems with the study. But overall, it looked at 2,500 um, different dog owners um, for Vishlas. And the biggest issues that came up... Um, were cancer. So neoplasia was about 25% of the Vishlas in that study had some sort of cancer. A lot of those were benign things like lipomas, which are fatty tumors, or mast cell tumors, which can be both benign and malignant. Mm -hmm. And then some that are more aggressive, things like lymphoma, which most people have heard of, Mm -hmm. and then hemangiosarcomas, which is what Mm -hmm. we see them for in cardiology. Um, the second most was just general skin stuff. So seasonal allergies. There's um, also an autoimmune disease that's pretty rare. It's funny you talk about the skin because they're so slick and their fur. They're not huge shedders. Right. Um, but also one thing I read about the skin, which would they're known as odorless dogs. They don't have a huge odor. Odor, oh. and they're extremely clean. They're yeah. cat like. I would agree with that. I never licking. thought about that, but yeah. Yeah, and would that have anything? If you're constantly licking, does that have anything to do with the skin issues? What you were mentioning. I don't think so. I mean, licking, it, in, we tend to see that with dogs that actually have skin disease, right? Yeah. They'll lick at their wounds and that kind of yeah. stuff. But 
Um, I think they're probably unrelated for for this point. Mm. Um, the last stuff, um, so epilepsy is a big one. Um, University of Minnesota has a, a researcher by the name of Ned Patterson that's been doing tons of research on them for um, over two decades is what I was reading. Um, they just get idiopathic epilepsy. So idiopathic meaning we don't know why it happens, but it oh, presents relatively early and it, they're not the only breed that gets it. Um, but um, that was one of the ones that came up as uh, popular amongst the owners. And then um, they get some clotting disorders like von Willebrand's disease, which is just a sort of a... Are these rare? And are these they are age, rare. And are they, oh, okay. Yeah, and but I was really pulling age related. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, some of them are age-related, yeah. And then the last one they talked about was ocular stuff. So but I think we need to standard, emphasize these so. are rare. We're just saying what they could have, but Absolutely. as a whole, yep. you would say that. Yeah, all of these are rare. And when we say rare, we're talking... Most of them are less than 1%. Oh, Epilepsy wow. was around 3%, and that was oh. one of the, the higher um, reported diseases in them. So these are still very rare. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and then the last one, which I'll just mention because uh, I didn't know about this in the breed, but my female Vichel actually had this, which is melanosis. So um, it's sort of pigmented growths around the, the eyelids. They're benign, um, but they're really common, and owners will bring their dog in for these little tiny kind of eyelid tumors. Um, but wow. again, they're benign, so... Okay. Interesting. But overall, very, very healthy breed. So. Hooray. We've got a healthy breed. Yeah. But I, what I do worry about sometimes, because this is now becoming a more popular breed, a bit like the French exactly Bulldogs become more popular. Yep. It's that breeding. And it's, as you say, those backyard breeders who are like, you know, making it unhealthy if you're constantly breeding with a very small selection. Yeah. Is they, that Would that be a concern for you? Because it's the 31st most popular breed in America when it, you know, 50 years ago, it was only a dozen left. It was verging on extinction. And, you know, they will get seen in media and more and people they're an attractive breed, right? Like really we talked about, like breed. they're objectively attractive. Mm, yeah. So mm. they'll become popular. And I agree. I mean, I feel like we've seen a big uptick in them. Um, and it's right. a bit like I think people, again, go for the looks and they don't realize this dog needs exercise. It's Lots not an apartment dog. You can't have it in Chicago where you just pop it down to the lakefront on a dog lead. You've got to give it that space. And you're going to have problems if you do just do it, go for the look, do a half an hour quick walk around the block. It will become destructive. It will become sort of slightly neurotic because it needs to be stimulated physically and as well as mentally. Yeah, that was before we end the health segment because they are a healthy breed. Uh, the biggest complaint for that survey was behavioral issues. So separation right. anxiety, as you're saying, um, was one of the biggest. And yeah. so they just and need they, constant attention. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. They were cool. I've never heard a dog being known as the Velcro dog, but they just love that companionship. And also because they're so intelligent that's when they start finding things to be a bit naughty or do have that anxiety, etc. Definitely. Well, thank you for that, Trevor. Now, we are going to look at the dog's names and celebrities. But before then, I had Tara, an avid listener. And hello to those people in India and Australia who she's um, told my podcast about. And thank you for listening. But she is... Um, research for me three countries and their national dogs okay so she did quite a fitting one to start with hungary the vishla let's have the full name larry please the, the hungarian full... vishla good i'll give you that well done larry <laughs> okay brazil Thanks. do you want to go trava oh great um mm. the countries at the start of the name yeah, you give us that hint every time. I know. How about a real hint? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Brazilian water dog. It is something Brazilian, but it's not water oh. dog. 
Yes, we got that it was Brazilian. Thank yeah, you. Uh, I'm trying to help you out there. <laughs> Lowry? The Brazilian lap hound. God, you love a lap hound, don't you? Well, Every you time. love a lap hound. I know. You love um, it's the Mastfit. Mastfit. Mastiff. Mastiff, sorry. Oh, no, Mastiff. That's right, he's British. Mastiff. Mastiff. Sorry, okay. Mastiff. I've never I've... heard of a Brazilian Mastiff. Mastiff. So, no, Mastiff. <laughs> um, the thing is... I found that people, like a lot of countries that don't have, like England has loads of breeds, France has loads right. of breeds. I find a lot of countries that don't really have loads of breeds, they always just go something Mastiff, like Spain, the Spanish Mastiff. I'm like, I've never heard of a Spanish yeah. But anyway, there is a Brazilian Mastiff. Okay. Good to know. And Australia. Does now Tara's for, um, got, uh, her dad's Australian, so okay. she chose Australia. So I'm going to give you a bit of a clue. Her. Can we? It's not, no, you, I'll, do you guess first and I'll give you the clue. I was just going to say cattle dog, but that's I just thought that, but no. standard mutt kind of thing. Australian sheepdog. No, oh, this one, and I'm not sure if it's the only one. I, I haven't done my research enough, but this is not a domesticated dog. Oh, the dingo. dingo. The dingo is dingo, the dingo. dingo. Okay, so we tried to Google most popular names, and at the moment I don't think this dog is on the radar for a lot of websites, as, um, because it's, I know it's popular, getting more popular, but we couldn't find the most popular dog's names for the Hungarian Vizsla. So, we're going to find out what we would call it, but before I do that, I had... Well, who's the child in your class again? Phoebe. Hi, Phoebe. Phoebe and Tara and Mir in my class, both avid listeners. They came up with... I'm going to choose... They gave me three, but I chose their first one they gave me. So, Lulu, Daisy, Leela... I like Leela. Leela. Like that, that was Mia's choice. Um, and Marley, Spike, and Benji. Spike's an unusual one. Yeah, Spike. I'm not feeling those. No. Oh, Trevor. Yeah. Sorry Benji, about that, girls. I can see. And um, so, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Trevor. Girl, actually, what were your two called? The ones? They were Barrett and Molly. 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 Yep, okay. I did name them. Um, I would say for a male, probably Baron. I like Baron. Okay. Strong name. For female, I don't. I like Leela. Leela, oh me, you've got a good one there. Um, and Miss Cavello or Lowry, sorry. <laughs> Straight away, I thought for a boy, Everett. Everett. I don't yeah. know why. Kind of classic. I don't know. Yeah. And for a girl, I Claudia. Claudia, hmm. not Claudia. Maybe Claudia. I think over time I get just... sick of going Claudia and I just call it Claudia. You, I'm, I'm not the only one who can't pronounce it. Just be what our accent. Um, I would go for Gilbert. I like Gilbert, okay. it's quite a cute one. Sullivan. And a girl's, and I, I can probably think why it's popular, Ruby, because of the colour. Ruby. Oh, that's a nice yeah. Amber yeah, would be a good one. Amber, yeah, definitely. Or Rusty, Rusty, because it's a rusty colour. Um, and we looked high and low. To find celebrities with a Hungarian Vizsla, please message me on Instagram at Dogs in the Spotlight if you can find a celebrity that has Hungarian Vizslas. Mm. Lori found one, yes. and we didn't even know who she was, yes. but she's no. an American celebrity. Lori, who was it? Um, uh, the press secretary, the former press secretary for the White House, <laughs> whose name escapes and her. whose name has slipped her because she's that famous. I was also going to say, if you're a celebrity listening to this podcast and you have a oh, Vishla, because we have many, also <laughs> yes. yeah, find us on Instagram. Find us on Instagram, you celebrities out there. Um, <laughs> but that is the Hungarian Vizsla, and the question we ask Lowry, especially at the end of each episode, the Hungarian Vizsla. You, again, you might change your circumstances, but would you go for the Hungarian Vizsla? 
So imagine, the is, there an is there a situation <laughs> where you might go for her, yes. uh, for them? Yes, uh, I would go for this dog. If I were to return home and have the land that I would like to have, I would definitely consider this dog. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. This, this tenuously with an asterisk makes it onto the list. Only the <gasps> second dog. Only the second dog. We <laughs> have Hungarian visit with, with an asterisk. With, with an, an asterisk. <laughs> if my life changes and I have a farm and I'm not working. Yeah, okay. I'm incredibly rich and somehow yeah. <laughs> have that lifestyle. <laughs> um, Trevor. Yeah, absolutely. I would do this breed again for sure. Yeah, I would. I think if I lived with space and land and could walk the dog, I would definitely choose this dog. I think it's a gorgeous healthy and it seems so what i've read about it's, it's people are such advocates of this breed anyway thank you guys for another great episode of dog in the spotlight and i'll see you all again next week bye bye, bye.